Hey guys, and welcome to Misfit Confidential Radio, the podcast for the fearless. I'm Sierra, and today I'm in the studio with the talented and the fearless Angel Truesdale. I'm just so excited to have Angel in the studio because she's doing something that is so important, which is pushing and creating programming that showcases the importance and true essence of black girl magic. So thank you, Angel, for joining me today. Thanks for the invitation. Thank you. This podcast is all about putting your best foot forward and trying every day to live a healthier life. So in honor of that, today we're drinking vinegar. I already set Angel up <laughs> with these, um, I think we say this suja organic drinks that I got from the local grocery. We have two flavors to sip on, strawberry balsamic, which combines apple cider vinegar, strawberries, coconut, nectar, stevia, balsamic vinegar, lime, and vegan probiotics. And she gave me the spicy one. So I have lemon cayenne, <laughs> which combines water, lemon, apple cider vinegar, ginger, stevia, cinnamon, cayenne pepper, and coconut nectar. So this video isn't sponsored by any means. We're just giving our honest opinion. I want to be able to honestly offer my listeners products that I enjoy, like my golden milk, which has turmeric and coconut milk. And I've got to bring that for you because when I move closer to you, it's <laughs> delicious. But I just want to give the listeners products that allow them to put their best foot forward. So I already told her you don't have to drink it all because I don't know how it's going to taste. <laughs> but this is cheers to a great first episode, all right? Thank you. That's really not bad. Mine's really good. I went okay. for a second sip there. Yes. <laughs> that was, that's really good. Yeah, that really is good. <laughs> I was nervous. Cayenne pepper really does not ever do me <laughs> good. <laughs> I just, all this together, yeah. I wouldn't think the strawberry and the balsamic, does it taste like tangy? It's not. That's what I was thinking of. But it's actually just like a strawberry refreshing drink. And if you not, hadn't told me there was vinegar or anything else in it, yeah. I wouldn't know. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, so. Sounds right. <laughs> Today, we're talking all about black women in film. And Angel, what was the first time you remember seeing a black woman in a leading role that truly impacted your life? Oh, the first time. Um, you know, I think the first time that it, it truly mattered to me was probably Soul Food. Oh. I was trying to think about this earlier today. Um, you know, I grew up in a household where uh, we, we, we listened to black music and mm -hmm. black um, TV and film were very important, but I don't think that my kind of um, my engagement with film, because we didn't watch a lot of movies actually, it was a lot of TV, but my engagement with film really kind of came in the form of seeing black women and seeing different black women was like soul food. I think that that was like the biggest thing in my life just to see, you know, different black women holding it down for different things in their lives and their families and at different points in um, what they were trying to put out in the world and do. And so um, I think that really is probably one of my first times where I was like, black women can do it all mm -hmm. for real. So I always knew that from representations in my family, but seeing it in media is really important. I think for me, that movie, I know this is probably not the best movie, but it was <laughs> Foxy Brown. Yeah. Pam Greer. Yes. I was like, I remember seeing that as a little girl with my oh, grandfather really? and being like, okay, first off, she's beautiful. Yeah. She's so smart because she's outsmarting all of these. Mm -hmm. And the villain in that movie was a woman and she mm -hmm. was like beating her and everything. Yeah. They couldn't keep up with her. And she was just so tough. And I was like, mm -hmm. if I can be that beautiful and that tough mm -hmm. and I can just do whatever. Because she escaped getting like drugs. Yeah. She shot her own brother in the ear. Yeah. Like, 
<laughs> and then after it was over, her brother couldn't even say anything to his like little chick. He was just like, "That's just a whole lot of women." So <laughs> yes, I was like, "That's how I want to be. I want to be a whole lot of women." She, she's yeah. still everything to me. Like, yeah. And then I always tell people, your experience is your experience. So mm-hmm. if that, you know, I wasn't allowed to see a lot of kind of, I wouldn't even say PG rated, PG rated, <laughs> R rated, anything until I got into like late high school and I could mm-hmm. sneak it. But um, I would definitely say that that era in film is still to this day, because we don't have a lot of those representations today. We have more, but not an, as many as we did in the 70s. But that is kind of like a great source of empowerment. So, right. yeah, that's a great example. I love Oh, I was watching it again last night. I just mm-hmm. love that movie. Yeah. What's your favorite black comedy with a woman in the leading role? Oh, favorite black comedy. Oh, you threw me for a loop there. <laughs> um, favorite black comedy. Okay, why well, you think I'll tell yeah. you mine? Yeah. It's another bad one. This movie is even worse. No, no, no. <laughs> it's Babs. I loved yes. Babs. I I know that movie front to back. Mm-hmm. Like live a large and take a charge, big <laughs> boots. <laughs> I love Babs. It was the yes. hair, the plastic yes. outfits, just and I think people forget that Babs had such a good hidden message. Yeah. Because Nisi Halle Berry's character, right. remember in the scene in the club, she realized her boyfriend was not treating her right. right. He was not bossing up. She wanted to like have the finer things, and he was just trying to mm-hmm. be basic. He wouldn't even walk her home for work. Right. So she left him. Yeah. And she made him. She's like, you don't treat me right, so I'm mm-hmm. out of here. And she made him boss up, and it yeah. did. And I think women, sometimes we see these roles where women get cheated on or yeah. where they're like, um, become like second baby mamas or yeah. whatever. And they're for, or they're really like, they feed into those negative or quote unquote ghetto stereotypes. Mm-hmm. And we forget like, no, it's women out here. You don't yeah. have to stay with him just because right. of whatever. There, you don't have to keep with a man. Be like yeah. yourself. Yeah. Um, I, you know, Babs is one of those movies where I was like, women are fearless mm-hmm. like and funny mm-hmm. and dynamic and smart even though some people could say the portrayal isn't that they're smart but I'm like no, no that was a are. very informed and kind of um really smart decision for her and I think that going back to you know because her you know I can't think of her best friends but she was a big girl mm-hmm. anytime I saw a big black woman doing her thing I was like yes yes um can't think of my movies. She but did hair. She made the outfits. Yes, right. She did <laughs> everything. Yeah, like, yeah, that was a that was a movie about empowerment. Mm-hmm. That was about you know um, being strategic in your life. <laughs> and they beat that man up. Right. That's what. Yeah. They be, they tag team. Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. That movie is yeah. so awesome. I love it. I will mm-hmm. always love that. Yeah. I think that That's as a kid was my first introduction to Halle Berry too. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, I was a big Halle Berry. I fan didn't as a like. And now that I look back on movies, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that was her, too. But right. I remember that movie just sticking out. And I had yeah. the VHS, so I used to just rewind and mm-hmm. watch it over and over again. I miss VHS. I know. <laughs> I just miss that time of, like, putting a tape in. and mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, can I break the rules and say In, in Living yes. Single? <laughs> what movie? In, well, uh, I'm doing a TV show, okay, In Living okay. Single. Yeah. I think that, yes. again, I am a big proponent of, you know, seeing different black women doing their thing all at some point in their life. And mm-hmm. um, I've been thinking about in Living Single, like, um, um, I don't know why recently. Is there, maybe it's coming back on TV or something? Or just, just living. So. Is it? Okay. Yeah, so you probably um, seen it. And I think I saw an interview with Queen Latifah recently, or I'm just like, I miss that show in my life. I miss the comedy. I miss kind mm-hmm. of. Um, just, you know, women that it, it wasn't even like, oh, these are 
you know, was it three or four black women, you know, do, you know, it was just these people are living their lives and it's funny as crap and you just get a sense that like there's a sisterhood but there's also this like they're all individuals who have different personalities and lives and they had a different um approach to dating and family oh, and all that stuff. Yeah. So and I just loved how funny that show was. That, that, was, that show was hilarious. Yeah. So, so hilarious. Because comedies are hard for me. It's really, I mean, I love comedies, but it's hard for me to think about favorites in comedy. With but a black lady as the main. Right. Yeah. There really wasn't that many. No. Especially I mean, not now, I don't mm-mm. think. Mm-mm. I mean, and this is maybe going back to stereotypes, but like when you first said that, I'm thinking like, oh, Big Mama's house. Wait. Oh, no. Or Medea's. Oh, no. It's even worse. (laughs) Well, when you said black women, woman comedy, those are the things that popped in my head, which is probably a problem. That is a problem. But um, that was just kind of what popped in my head. And it's not like those are my favorites, but when you said that, that's Mm -hmm. where where my brain went. How do you feel about, like, how black women are represented in characters like Big Mama or Medea? Um... Because it's either one of those things where you love it yeah. or you hate it. Yeah. And I'm more on the hated side. I I I have a whole thing about men dressing up, you know, and I'm trying to attach the right label to it mm-hmm. when it comes to that particular uh, version, even like Eddie Murphy, if you think about his different um, roles and then like maybe the Nutty Professor movies. I just think that, you know, there comes a certain point where, you know, it, it maybe it goes back to feminist thought of, like, men are telling women's, women's stories. And yes. that, to me, is, like, it's just it's just hard. Now, are if there are a secondary character, if there's someone who is really make up the movie, so even maybe, like, Nutty Professor, maybe that can kind of be seen as something that is telling you something is, is meaningful and it's just funny. Just mm-hmm. to be funny, but when it's like Big Mama or Medea, I have a big problem with, you know, a man telling a woman's story, whether it is kind of profound or funny. You know, it's like, uh, I think you could get an actress who could tell that story and be just as funny. But I also think that they're also playing on this, or they're playing into a stereotype of demasculating men and, you know, black men in general, and so. I have very strong opinions about that, mm-hmm. but um, I'm always going to want, you know, a character or a role to be genuine and to be authentic, and those characters and roles aren't to me, and I think there are two different studies here with, like, Big Mama, and I think mm-hmm. there's been three now, too, maybe, um, where Martin Lawrence is kind of um, doing this as a means to an end. He's a detective or whatever, so he's dressing up to do something. Um, whereas Medea is full on, that is a, a woman character, mm-hmm. and Tyler Perry is portraying her, um, or portraying a character through that, and he started her in plays and then continued her through the movies. And so I think you do have two studies of kind of, he is definitely playing dress up, and then in the other one, he is, or she is, an actual woman, that character. And so I think that that could be a good study on just how they approached it, but they approached it in the same type of way, their dress, their voice, the way they act in those roles, you know. Um, I mean, Even just think about the, yeah, the, the physical appearance of both mm-hmm. of those characters are very similar. So, um, and Medea lives in a black world in those in those films, mostly, um, dealing with family, 
the detective, and he is living in kind of this just mixed world of um, trying to figure out what's happening with this crime. So it's just kind of interesting, and I think it's 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 um, it, it does speak to where people may get their comedy from, and why why is this so funny? Exactly. Why is that so? Why right. is feeding into those negative stereotypes right. so funny? Because right. my grandma don't act like that. Exactly. So. <laughs> well, that's the thing. The voice, the appearance. It's like my grandma never wore dresses like that. No, uh, she wouldn't be caught dead in that. You know. So mm -hmm. it's like, um, I just want things to be a little bit authentic. And maybe those were their experiences, or maybe that was their interpretation of you know older black women in their lives or something. And so that's how they portrayed it in those movies. But it just it is kind of to me it wasn't genuine. It wasn't authentic. Mm -mm. And I just kind of while especially for all those movies, yeah, I'm going to laugh at certain parts, but I, I think as a black woman seeing a, the portrayal of a black woman or their portrayal of a black woman, it's kind of like, yeah, it's like, nah. And I, I feel <laughs> some type of way when other people, like black men, white yeah. men, whoever, when they laugh, because I'm like, so this is how you look at right, us? Right, Because I don't act like this. Yeah. Nobody I know mm -hmm. knows act like this. Yeah. I just, it, it really makes me want to roll my eyes hard when I see yeah. other people find so much joy in mm -hmm. something so negative towards like yeah. the portrayal of a woman, a yeah. black woman. Yeah. So it's like, is this how you view me? Right. Or how I, what I will grow into. Yeah. yeah. I, it bothers me. Yeah. I get it. Like some people love those movies and they're yeah. like, Oh, it's the message. But I don't really get the message. Like everybody always gets AIDS, which I have a problem with that. <laughs> Everybody's like, Oh, you're great. You're going to hell. Which I have a problem with that. Like right. I'm just not a fan. Yeah. I mean, I think that there is a certain, especially when I'm talking about the, that, particular type of film where uh, a black man dresses up as an older black female I just think it just it's just to me if there is a message there just from that's that baseline that standard that we're seeing a black man dress up as um, an older black female and he has a certain way to, it's like a caricature there's no yes. kind of authenticity in that portrayal so it's like you're not even really trying to um, I don't know, say anything. like, mm -hmm. Or if you're trying to say something, I completely missed it because I'm not really getting entertainment from watching this. I'm getting kind of, um, I'm looking, I'm trying to be a little bit more social conscious at what other people are laughing I'm at. I'm feeling uncomfortable. And yeah, and I'm looking at other people like, why is that, you know? Yes. You know, because I think one of the posters of, of Big Mama is like, she's pulling a dress out of her underwear. And I get like, you know, he has to dress in that for, again, and it's just kind of like, what perception does that give to any little black girl or any mm -hmm. little black boys, you know? Um, or what does that say to the rest of the world about black America, you know? So mm -hmm. I'm always thinking that way. I can definitely have fun in a comedy. And Madea um, actually has one of my favorite comedic lines. Um, but What um, is that line? Say it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't remember if it's in Diary of a Mad Black Woman or the sequel to that, which I can't think of the name, because me and Tyler Perry have definitely <laughs> a love -hate. gone back and forth. <laughs> but um, there's a there's a point when Medea is like, I'm going to defend my, my baby. And she takes out her gun, and she's like, eat this field. Thank mm -hmm. you, Jesus. And she cocks <laughs> her gun. And, yeah, and that is, to me, it's kind of powerful in that, oh, yeah, I, I carry mm -hmm. And um, I love the Lord, but I'm also going to, you know, go in and do ride or die. <laughs> I feel like there's just so many women that could have played that role. Yes. And then we wouldn't have these problems. Right. 
And I think, again, he, with Tyler Perry in general, was transitioning that character from play, um, from stage to film. And I just think he had an opportunity mm-hmm. to do so much more with his film, because that's another thing, too. A lot of his films were just the plays done over, and it's like, have some variety, maybe, you know, do it differently, try to, you know, workshop your play so that it does turn into something different. I don't know. Has he had a movie where the woman isn't saved by a man? Okay, so this is a, a conversation I've been having with um, some of my black um, black women cohorts at, um, at the library because a, a l- when I first said I was going to do the film series, um, everybody brought up, um, uh, oh, my God, I can't Diary remember. of a Bad Black Woman? No, it's the one who did, um, why am I, why is it not a title? But it's it's based on, um, 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 oh, my gosh. It's the, but what's the author? It was the, the drama. Name. Um, so, who was in it? Whoopi Goldberg was in it, and, um. Oh my gosh, why am I blanking? I like literally looked at this this morning. But basically, um, this was his one of his few dramas. It's great. I mean, there's some comedy in it. Um, and it's a portrayal of kind of like five or six black women. The Single and Moms Club? No. Oh. It's another comedy. Um, he did it like, oh my God, why can I think of the name of it? Well, as soon as you say it, I'm going to, I'm going to trip out, but. Um, I, at this phase, when he made this film, I stopped watching Tyler Perry movies because I couldn't do it anymore. I really couldn't take his portrayals, um, because they just just seemed to get less and less, um, again, authentic. Mm -hmm. And so, um, um, I just kind of, I need to see this film because uh, two of the other women at the library they do. They want to put this in a film series, and I'm all for it. Um, I just I need to get I need to get better about you know seeing the movie because it has black women in it. Is it? It's not Medea goes to jail. No. For color girls. For color girls. Yeah, yes. I did that play. Yeah. So I so saw that I. For color girls, when the yeah. rainbow isn't enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, why I don't know why I blanked on it, but a lot of uh, even one of the people who came <laughs> to the first film, um, Crooklyn, they were like. Are you going to do for Color Girls? And so that was kind of like, it was seen as a given. You have to do that film. So I'm thinking that might be one that he may have yeah. had, you know, portrayals that were, I just, I haven't seen it because I was, that was at the point where I was like, really, Tyler Perry, like, I'm done with you. <laughs> that movie was just so heavy. The play yeah. by itself is so heavy. And yeah. I remember when I performed that in high school, I was mm-hmm. Lady in Yellow. And I remember every time he performed it, I cried at the end. Yeah. Every time the babies died, even though I knew yeah. it was coming, I cried. Yeah. So seeing it like portrayed in a film, I could not. My stomach was, it was flipping just as bad when I saw Precious. Yeah. Like I, Precious, I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> why this, why was this created? Yeah. <laughs> like this is horrible. Yeah. And then being in a mixed crowd in the theater and seeing yeah. other people enjoy it, I mm-hmm. was just like, first, why is she, why does she look like this? Why do they have her portrayed right. like this? And then two, why are you enjoying this? Why I want to cry. Yeah. Why I'm, I'm I'm like visibly uncomfortable yeah. and you're enjoying it. Yeah. I actually so I have a thing with her. I've not seen that either. Okay. Um I don't watch it. <laughs> don't. I was at a time in my life where I was trying to 
um, speak out the prayers that I felt like would empower me. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that would be, especially with the Monique character, I felt like that would be too much of um, the negative kind of stereotype. So there's this thing, um, I hope I can say this on here, but it's called poverty porn, mm-hmm. where um, people love to see people just drug through the mud and like they don't get their happy ending. And um, But also... You're just seeing people kind of just really tough it out and see their struggle and like, oh, my gosh, you know, how are they going to make it through? And to me, at that point when Precious came out, I was like, this is too real to life. And also, you know, that's why I never read the book Push either, which a lot of people are expecting me to. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was just like, you know, I, if, you know, no matter what that, wor- I'm going to judge that world really harshly because I come from a world where there are so many Precious and, you know, I know a press, you know, so I was like, seeing that portrayed, while could be interesting, because it may have been, and from what I hear, it could have been really strong performances, I was kind of like, I think I'm just not going to do it, but I bought it, I actually mm-hmm. bought it, I, I'll probably see it at some point, when um, the time is right, but I definitely think that that's, um, going into portrayal of something and knowing it's going to be an ordeal and it's going to be difficult and kind of kind of weighs on you because entertainment while it does it should speak truth it should also kind of um, entertain and I think for me I decided that that wasn't going to be entertaining for me so kind of the same thing you were saying like mm-hmm. you knew going in or even while sitting there you were like I'm struggling mm-hmm. and you know we shouldn't put ourselves through that torture exactly so um, and also just again for the observation piece, like you know, the fact that I had so many people assuming that I was gonna watch that movie, assuming they didn't know my reaction to it, made me not want to watch it. So it's rare that I'll try to that I'll admit that external factors affected me mm-hmm. in um, consuming something, especially film, because it's something I'm obsessed with. But that was one of those times where I was like, because you assume I would, I won't. That's real though. Yeah, I want to see myself in a positive way. I don't. Right. And I felt like the character was just so heavy, and I felt her pain. And yeah. You see girls like that, especially yeah. working in the public. You meet girls who are going through those same experiences. So I don't feel like anybody should be entertained by that. It yeah. needs to be a learning piece of anything. Right. Because you should feel like, okay, if there are people out here struggling like this, what can I do to better them? Not like, oh, I saw Precious, let me hashtag it and get it on Instagram. Right. And I think that sometimes people get lost in that, like, yeah. oh, whatever, I saw Moonlight and oh, yeah. let me just hashtag it because it's, yeah. like, trending right now. No, it's like, how can I support right. my people mm-hmm. to push them to better? Because nothing about that should be, like, yeah. I'm thoroughly entertained by it. Every this movie made me feel uncomfortable, and I was yeah. like, okay, so now I need to figure out a way I can give back. How can I mm-hmm. touch a young lady who might be going through this? Mm-hmm. I, I'm so glad you brought up Moonlight, which is my <coughs> favorite film last year. And yes. I'm so glad for all the acclaim. When it first came out, I didn't know if Charlotte was going to be able to play it on the screen. I'm a big proponent of seeing a movie on the big screen. I mean, I think that you can see it and consume it in any way you want, but Moonlight, to me, did do the job of mm-hmm. – telling the story but it didn't keep you in the misery like you Mm -hmm. know that's the thing and I also think that there were just portrayal there was there were two sides of each portrayal in a way because you had the mother but you also had you know the girlfriend Mm -hmm. um, um, the Janelle Monae character who just kind of um really showed you that you know you can be independent you can't be on your own and 
not everybody is on drugs in the in the hood, and so um, I I think to me too that movie was very realistic in that you know you saw the emotion. I think that's another thing too. Whenever I saw the trailer for Precious, I just felt like it was contrived. But that's just again my perception right. of it. That's my opinion of it. I don't again I haven't seen it, but the trailer was even kind of like. Come on, like mm-hmm. I just don't want to see that, you know. But mm-hmm. to me, Moonlight was kind of like this quiet, unassuming. It didn't try to trick you or sell you on. I mean, the ending. If if that movie does anything, it tells you like, um, celebrate your life, live your life, and don't let it pass you by. Like that's a, the biggest thing I think she did for me. And then above and beyond, you know, you know the the fact that there's great storytelling and. And um, you see um, black people being black people. That's what I think. It was authentic, and that's what took it there. Mm -hmm. And I read that the characters, um, I'm blanking on his name, but his mother in that scene where. Yeah, Chiron's mom, when they're in that scene where he's like a teenager and Mm -hmm. she's yelling in that hallway, Mm -hmm. that was like all, they rehearsed at one time, and then the rest was like improvised. Yeah. Um, So I really wanted um, Naomi. Harris, I think is her name. She was nominated for um, Best Supporting Actress. I really wanted her to win because she basically did all of her scenes within like a month, um, from rehearsal to doing different kind of shades of it. And the director, Barry Jenkins, who is a comic director, now um, he had her basically be a mix of portrayal between um, his mother and the playwright, the screenwriter's mm-hmm. mom. So she had to be a combination of both, and they kind of gave her as many notes as they could on that, and then they just said go, and she did it. So um, I think that that, to me, shows a st- strong actress. She was in between um, promoting, I think, that Bond movie. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't really know that she's in that. Um, invisibility is like the main thing. Um, <laughs> but um, she came in, she did a very powerful um, work in that movie, and to me, she was the best supporting actress of the year. Now, I love my Viola Davis. Yes. And I'm glad that she won, but she was my supporting actress. She was a lead actress in a role. Fences will be, I mean, Fences is a great, wonderful, phenomenal movie. And I wish she had just been in that category so that Naomi um, could win. You could have had a lot of black girl magic there. Yeah. So, but yeah, authentic and like genuine and being kind of true to life is Mm -hmm. a big thing for me, especially in my drama. Yes. So we're in a push where stories like Hidden Figures that share the unknown or hidden stories of magical black girls mm-hmm. are finally being told. So how do you honestly feel about the representation of black women in film right now? Right now, I do think that it's great and it's wonderful and it's growing. Um, and I think that filmmakers and even on television, um, I think that people are seeing that there is um, a di- there's dimensions to black women that there isn't just these stereotypes that have been put in place um, above um, Fox the Ground. I love black exploitation, but one of the things that it kind of created was this symbol of the strong black woman. Mm-hmm. But I think currently today we're we're seeing the strong black woman. We're seeing the you know we're seeing black girl magic in every kind of facet of life when it comes to that. So I think television and TV are getting it right right now. Um, and I think that that you know as we have more black women in filmmaking behind the camera, telling the stories, and not just um, in front of the camera being the actress, um, I think that we'll have even stronger uh, effects. And I do think 
that we're seeing, um, I want to shout out Ava DuVernay and Issa Rae, uh, people who are mainstream, but I mean, I do think that we're having a lot of underground churches. So mm-hmm. a lot of times when you see things kind of rise in the mainstream, underground will kind of pick up that banner and run with it too um, and, and start getting some traction because I think at the end of the day, you just want to see people who are real. You want to see that, you know, there's there's different aspects of life that should be portrayed, at you know, with any character. Um, and I think that's what storytelling is all about. That's what exactly. makes each story unique. And so I'm currently encouraged. I think if you had asked me this five years ago, I would have been very disappointed with the lack of representation. Um, and I think that we still have a ways to go. Oh, we have a long way to go. We have not arrived. And we probably never will. But I think that, you know. That's so sad, though. That's so sad to think that we'll never yeah. all the way get there. Um. I think American society has a long way to go, and I think yeah, if there's true. anything we've la- long learned in the last six months, is that we um, we sometimes want to believe in a world that doesn't exist, and I think a lot of people were kind of shook and mm-hmm. kind of woke up and said, "Oh, this is happening." Um, and I don't I think black women were shook. I think no. we knew. What? Oh, I think yeah. we knew. We were very well. <laughs> we were like, oh, you like, promised. duh, we're trying to tell you. Right. Listen to us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> remember when you dismissed me when I said, I, you know, mm-hmm. this is happening? What do you think now? You know, and you, you try not to have that attitude <laughs> where you're like, I told you so. Exactly. But it's kind of like, you know, black women in general and a lot of different movements, and I'm just repeating things that other people more intelligent than me have said. Black women have been the speaker of issues. We have been kind of um, the women who have always stood around saying, hey, this is going on. This is happening. We should address it. We should have conversations. We should put people in power that will um, drive us forward and not backwards. And then people go, oh, and they see you're a black woman, and they go, Mm -hmm. maybe, or please stand over there. Um, I think that a good, if we're talking about black film, I think a good um, person to look up and kind of be inspired by or to kind of tell a cautionary tale is Cheryl Boone Isaac. She's the um, president of the Academy of, of uh, Academy of Motion Pictures. And so she is over kind of the Oscars and um, the Academy Awards. And she has a really interesting kind of, I guess you could say, rise to power. But um, I think that black women especially kind of just see it for what it's worth because, you know, um, we have a particular position in the community and in our lives where we just see it. Mm-hmm. We know it. And it's not even, it, it's just that's our experience and that's mm-hmm. our collective experience in a way and that we all kind of go, we have work to do. And the reason I say we'll never get there is maybe in our lifetime. Okay. Um, I'm hoping to do good work and to put in work to make sure that we do get there and to, you know, I have a dream of one day working in film because of this representation now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and correct representation now. Yes. I'd like to put that in front of it. Um, and so I think that, you know, these things can can happen. Um, I just maybe not in our generation. But there to me, there's always going to be work to be done until we have kind of a, peaceful and uh, societies where human rights are upheld at every point and we don't have poverty we aren't leaving anyone behind 
we do all have an equal chance to get or to change our station in life. Until that happens, which will probably be two, three generations, depending mm-hmm. on what we do right now, th- that to me, we won't have that kind of perfect society. And we've struggled. The entire yeah. world has struggled, you know. Um, even in this kind of age of innovation, technology, science, and um, kind of knowing more about our bodies and our world physically than we ever have, we still get it wrong mm-hmm. on a daily Definitely. basis. So that's why I say, you know, getting it, we we won't see it in our generation, but I'm, One day. Yeah, I'm hopeful that it will happen. I'll, I'll say that. Colorism. How did oh. you? <laughs> yeah. So Zoe Saldana caught mm-hmm. a lot of slack for her portrayal of Nina Simone. Mm-hmm. I feel... I can't say that. All I remember from Zoe is Drumline. And yeah. I know that's bad. And I really did enjoy Drumline when it yeah. came out. But yeah. I can't say that I, follow, I followed her work. Mm-hmm. But I just remember when the first promo came out, I'm thinking, is this really happening? Right. This is this is really happening. Right. I just don't understand because I feel like there's so many women, dark-skinned women, especially portraying someone as heavy, as powerful, an icon like Nina Simone. Yeah. Whose music... Uh, embodied her blackness yeah yeah. it just doesn't make sense to me yeah um i was very disappointed i wouldn't say i was a huge fan of hers but i had Mm -hmm. followed her one of uh a film that i really loved that she was in was called um why am i blanking on but i had followed her career um just because she is black and she's the convergence of black and hispanic um because that's a voice that we need more of but to see that trailer for for Nina Simone's bio, that biopic, I was like, it's like my entire world shook mm-hmm. because I was like, no, they put a nose on her, they a horrible nose, a ho- right, a and horrible nose. It was like she, either she or the producers or somebody at some point didn't say this looks awful. I mean, just from an aesthetic point of view Mm -hmm. but then to go in and from what i saw again from the trailer i didn't see the movie um not that i would support the movie in any way um but she just didn't seem to embody nina simone and that's the thing when you have somebody so iconic you can't you have to be so true to this story that you can't cast someone and then drag them in these bad you know, and and then and then also feed into these negative stereotypes, and and so that to me was just all wrong, wrong, wrong. And her defense of it, I did not like. It was just kind of like you don't know me, you don't know mm-hmm. my life, you don't know my struggles. And it's like I can make assumptions because you agreed to play the role first, and you agreed to let them put that makeup on you and that nose, and. You let them let you act her in this way. I don't know. Like, I don't know yeah. how to say it. But you you portrayed her in a way, again, just from my seeing the, the trailer, that wasn't in her essence at all. Mm-hmm. It was anything. It was against all she stood for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you said the word colorism, it made me <laughs> think back to, like, late 80s, early 90s, where you saw a lot of light skin um black women and that was like the ideal like if 
if a white man or if anyone wanted desired a black women woman it was the long curly hair mm-hmm. it was the lighter skin yes. it was you know um and so i think that it, and, and and to this day i think that there is something to be said um about within the black community within the brown community there is this kind of you know um some people are feeding into the the kind of you know white rice and lighter skin does um it means something more it means something right. better mm-hmm. it means that it means nothing it means less nothing <laughs> i remember watching something on tv and it was it was a story of like missy elliott and her mm-hmm. career mm-hmm. and i remember in like and i was a young girl when this came out but thinking because when she was rapping on i think raven simone's like when raven simone was an artist like mm-hmm. that in the video instead of having missy they had a light-skinned woman do like a Millie Vanilli. And mm-hmm. I just remember thinking, how? Why? Why? Right. And that's the thing that I think a lot of um, black or maybe just women of color have had to swallow mm-hmm. that they've been replaced, that they've been um, kind of um, forgotten about, and that it doesn't matter what your talent is, it doesn't matter what your voice is. We have to see someone physically um different than who you are because that can't be you that can't come out of you that can't be your skill Mm -hmm. um so yeah it's disheartening yes it's i think that's one of those those kind of things where it's like the the color of my skin or even the different shades um shouldn't matter when it comes to me just presenting to you who i am Exactly, and you you think, okay, we've come so far since mm-hmm. that Missy Elliott video in the <laughs> early 90s or late 80s, mm-hmm. and then now we have Zoe Saldana playing Mila right. Simone. It just yeah. makes my stomach hurt. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it is one of those things where I was, when I saw it, my world shrunk because I was like, if people see this, it sets us back. And I also think that it's a, it's a bad portrayal of Mila Simone. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I feel like anybody who saw this, I want to give them the right education. Right. Um, I want them to see other portrayals of her because that is not, that's not her. And I want to believe that Zoe Saldana will learn from this. Um, I haven't seen any recent interviews, but right after that clip came out, I saw, um, I think she was doing press for like Star Trek or something. And she was so defensive. Mm-hmm. She was so, I mean, she couldn't even see the argument. That's what I was, I was. That's like, a problem too. Yeah, she couldn't, she couldn't understand why people were upset. But then again, she took it personally too. She was like, well, you don't know my life. You don't know my struggle. You don't know how black I am. And so if that's not going to be your personal, and if that's what you got out of it, I hope you can take another look in it because that's right. just not what was where anyone was coming from that criticized mm-hmm. that. So, who are your favorite black actresses right now? Oh, okay. So I'm in love with Issa Rae. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm just trying to get. I mean, if, if it's from her show Insecure, or even if she's guest starring, or even just like seeing her just out in the world, I love mm-hmm. her interviews. Um, so. A lot of people, I might get flack for this, but I have always had um, an affection for Carrie Washington. I love Carrie Washington. I can't stop watching Scandal. No, I can't I stop watching know. Scandal. 
I did. I just got tired of seeing this beautiful, smart black yeah. woman chase behind this man, married yeah. man. You know, and this season is a little bit different, but it's still like, Shonda, get me back there. Mm-hmm. Get me back there. Where, you know, I, I think that's one of those shows that's like, it really did its moment. But I'm trying to stay with it. I'm trying. And, <laughs> you know, what's so funny is Shonda brought on another black woman to be his love interest this year. Mm-hmm. And they had she had a scene where they were, like, in competition. And I was no. like, no, no, no. no. <laughs> so I watched it with apprehension. But, I mean, even um, she was a producer for um, the Anita Hill um, biopic that was on um, – I say, but it was more of kind of like just a moment in time. Um, So, I mean, even seeing her as a creator now, I really do love Kerry Washington. Um, I'm tracking um, um, Naomi Harris. Mm -hmm. I think that she's awesome. She's British, but she is a a force. She's a power. And I think that you can see her versatility in the fact that she's in, um, I think, the last two or three Bond films, but also she can come and do Moonlight and kind of be there. Um, and then I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna throw another Shonda okay. um, gem out there, Viola Davis. Yes. I think because she's so strong on her blackness. like She's like mom. She <laughs> She's everything. Yes. I she's just want to sit down and listen to her talk mm-hmm. forever. She has a power. She speaks up. And that's the thing that I think I'm working on, speaking with power. Like, I know I have it. But she is one of those people, she never questions it. Yeah. She never, it never, she is always power. And I think that's the same thing about Maya Angelou too. But you can never catch her not speaking her truth, not, you know, or demeaning herself or looking down or, you know. And so um, she's probably at the top right now. And um, Fences, too? Yes. I'm glad you brought up that, that she found her voice because I feel like that's something a lot of black women struggle with, finding their voice in it's good that we are getting more women like Viola Davis, Viola Davis mm-hmm. Oprah, Michelle Obama, yeah. who just, they have found their voice mm-hmm. and they're strong in it, they're confident. It mm-hmm. gives other young women like ourselves people to aspire to be like, so that's awesome. So what do you want to see next? Um, just in film in, in general? In film, in TV. You know, I would like to see more. Um, so in June, we're going to show this, this movie called Pariah. Um, I would like to see more queer queer black women mm-hmm. um, because I think also if black women have been marginalized or have been stuck in this box, I think queer black women have as well. Um, and then that goes back to maybe the um, kind of hypersexual over-sexualization of black women and kind of mm-hmm. the desire, and uh, you know, which is so crazy to think that, you know, we're still, we still have stereotypes from slavery that are still being portrayed. Um, and, um, I would like to see more queer black women and to see, um, just their lives just Mm -hmm. in general. Um, I think that that's something that I haven't seen enough. I've seen, but I haven't seen enough. And I think Pariah is one of the best movies to kind of get it right and to kind of show you different shades, Mm -hmm. um, of that. So that's what I, to me, I want to see more of, but. I definitely could see more more women in comedy. I want to see, um, can we get another living single back? You know, can we? Yes. Um, Was it know. Friends a bite off living single? 
I don't know. I don't. I feel like I've never really but seen a full episode of Friends. I feel like it didn't have enough black people for me, <laughs> so I never well, watched it. It they used they did tokenism. So there was Gabrielle Union was in one episode, and Aisha Tyler was in one episode. Like um, that's not for me. And it's like you live in New York. And you're going to tell me there ain't no black women. And then whenever that criticism was made, you're going to bring them on for what? Maybe one episode. I think Aisha Taylor, Tyler actually had a whole story. Yeah, arc, but that's like towards the end, right? Yeah, that was definitely like there were five, six that's seasons in. No. So, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, you know, it's, you know, now that you're making those parallels, I did watch Friends. Um, I went through a whole commie phase where I was just watching everything. Mm-hmm. Um. Although I think they kind of took a negative, negative, and that's my another thing. It's I like there's no, it. there's no representation. No, so. my mom was really into it. Yeah, yeah. But I was told like, why would I watch this when I can watch Fresh Prince or right. Martin and oh, see yeah. black people? Well, that's the thing. I was watching Friends kind of like high school, okay, to college, and it was definitely reruns, so it wasn't like mm-hmm. first run. Um, and you know, Family Matters and yes. Fresh Prince and you know, um. Family Matters before the model. <laughs> because that last season was trash. <laughs> <laughs> you are coming for it. it yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, even Fresh Prince, when they changed the mom on there, you're like, you didn't think we would mm-hmm. notice? Um, you know, I did, but for something, you know. But I think that, you know, a lot of black television, just we just went backwards. We right. didn't see black portrayals toward mm-hmm. the late 90s into the early 2000s. And if we did, we had to search it out. We had to go on BET or we had to go on kind of the more minor, mi- minor networks. We didn't see them on the, like, the big three, ABC, CBS, NBC. And if you didn't have cable, good luck. Exactly. Okay, um, so I want to ask you this. Yeah. At least this one is not, doesn't have a black woman in a leading role. Well, kind of, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you feel about Get Out? Oh. And then... How did you feel about um, Birth of a Nation? Did you go see it? Did you support? Okay. So, Get Out, loved it, saw it, seen it twice, actually. Um, I think that that movie should be taught in history class. Yes. In film classes, because what I think um, that he did with the, with the film, um, Jordan Peele, I'm struggling with this name. My memory is not the best this morning. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> What he did with this film was he took um, a comedy. I mean, mm-hmm. this movie is essentially, or a horror comedy. He took elements of horror movies and he made, um, he put some of his comedy into it. And he wanted to wake up some people and say, if you don't know how black people feel and all, when there's only whites and white faces, hopefully you do know. Um, and hopefully you know that, you know, we're not paranoid, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that there are real um, prejudices and things that are happening that make us feel a certain type of way. Um, so don't belittle it. And I, I just think it's really great social commentary. And it was entertaining. Yeah. Like at the really very good. end of it, like he, and then, I mean, man, I just like to highlight the fact at the end that, and hopefully, I'm not giving it away, but the white girlfriend is eating Fruit Loops. She was so weird. Yeah. from the milk. <laughs> Two little chews. And yeah. Then, oh, she was so she weird. She needed to separate the purity and the whiteness of the milk from these different colored 
Fruit Loops. Hold on, I didn't even catch that until right. just now. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's, he has. That's why this the movie should oh be taught. Oh my! The minute gosh. and kind of the like very. She kind had of to separate s- the cereal yes. from the she pureness. She did not put the milk the in the like that to me. That oh alone is mm-hmm. gonna be someone's dissertation. That's gonna be a book like that because that's how dedicated she was to that. And I just, to the purity of whiteness, mm-hmm. just in general. I mean, the whiteness of the milk. And I think that that movie says so much. And I could speak, I I personally could speak hours and hours dissecting that film. Um, but I do want to give a shout out to a podcast called Code Switch. <laughs> that Code does Switch. a really good um, breakdown of black, black portrayal in horror film. But then mm-hmm. also kind of breaks down. Um, kind of what happens in Get Out, and so I loved it. Um, and then oh, you had a two, a second part to that question. Birth of a Nation. Birth of a Nation. Um, so I actually used to work in a movie theater. Um, that showed Birth of a Nation, and I was really excited about it before it came out when it got rave reviews coming out of Sundance and it got a standing ovation. Um, and I'm one of those people. I try not to read any reviews. I try not to see trailers. Um, even though I've talked about a lot of trailers. Um, but then I started seeing just in general that a lot of what happened or the lot of a lot of the acclaim of Birth of a Nation may have been white guilt. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people were like, It's not a well made movie. Well I was like, Well let let you know, let me make that distinct um that um that I guess opinion for myself. Right. Well, whenever a lot of the news came out about the actual um the filmmaker, um um, what's his name? Um, Nate Parker. Nate Parker. <laughs> Again, maybe I should. Well, no, I can't not read news. <laughs> right. Um, but I feel like that was everywhere too. Yeah. Like thrown in our face. Well, that's the thing. He got. You know, he didn't get the. Tr- I mean, there's a there's a lot of um, parallels and a lot of uh, things that are comparing him to Casey Affleck. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see Casey Affleck's film for the same reason. Um, but. Nate Parker, whatever happened to him, whatever, uh, or whatever happened, I say whatever happened to him, whatever happened, and of course he was acquitted, but his reaction. Yes, that's, that's what did thing. it for me. That's what made me mad. His comments, his mm-hmm. reaction, the fact that he didn't even know that the young woman had committed suicide. It's like, it, to me, it was just like, where? what is your place in the world mm-hmm. that that doesn't matter to you and that you you dismissed it so much and you didn't really give the correct reaction or a a reaction that may have been acceptable until after public outcry like i should have seen when it first came out i should have seen you saying different things right and i just feel like i personally i wouldn't have been able i still to this day i feel this way and maybe it'll change one day because i do want to i think this is a, a, an important story i do think that it was a his story and getting this film made is a good story. I just can't see this film without seeing him and seeing, you know, and knowing this about him. And so it takes me out of the film. A lot of um, some kind of my film enthusiast friends are like, you should just go in and watch the movie and not to think about any of the. Can you not? Exactly. Don't think about the actor. Don't think about the director. Don't think about this. And I'm like, sometimes that is all I can think about. And mm-hmm. I'm sorry if it, you know, is a hindrance for, it isn't a hindrance for you, but for me to be true to me, 
first elimination without thinking about Luke Parker the entire time. It's going to take me out of the movie. I'm not going to really be able to enjoy it mm-hmm. in any way. So I just um, consciously just was decided not to, to watch it. But um, And I hate that because I feel like. Yeah, Nat Turner's story is such a, whoo, it needs to be told. He should have handled it different. Yeah. Like he should have responded differently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think just going back to the Casey Affleck thing is, I mean, that, again, isn't surprising to me that he just went on to want win an Oscar. And, you know, people had the same criticism about him and kind of the same outcry. But he didn't have to respond, hasn't had to respond. Mm-hmm. And um, he was awarded for it. So, you know, Mel Gibson was nominated for an Oscar. So we know what's huh. going on in life. Well, I mean, we know what yeah. this world is. <laughs> they don't care. They don't <laughs> care. Okay, yeah. so for this next segment, it's called Name That Film. <laughs> the game is simple. I'm going to describe a black film with a woman in a leading role, and you have to tell me the name of it. Okay. And extra points if you can name the actress as okay. well. So the first one is easy. Okay. So this was released in 1985. It showcased the struggles of black women in the early 20th century. This movie is a story of transformation and growth. Hint. Okay, I got a quote mm-hmm. from the movie. I'm going to try to say in character. <laughs> Everything you've done for me. Hold on. <laughs> Everything you've done for me already been done to you. Um. So, Color Purple. Yes. And Whoopi Goldberg. Yes. Oprah Winfrey, you know. Yes. Uh, um, yeah. And Whoopi, won a, she won a Golden Globe for this one. Oh, did she? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's right. She won her Oscar for Girl Next Door. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, this is a little bit harder. Okay. Um, this movie was released in 2015, has a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm. The movie tells the story of a working girl that is in search for her pimp that broke her heart, and it takes place on Christmas Eve. Oh, that's, uh, oh my God, Tangerine. Yes, I love, I love Tangerine. I'm actually, I'm still toying with the idea of putting that in the, the film series. Um, the only thing is we don't have the rights, so okay. I have to pay for it. But um, I am so good that movie. I wa- that was one of those movies I watched it twice in one sitting, and I wish I had seen it in theater. Yeah. The how the I want to use the correct the ballroom music or the house music mm-hmm. that was playing as she was oh. strutting. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> that movie yes. was so awesome. Uh, I was watching it again yeah. last night, it, and it was shot on the iPhone. The whole thing. Yeah, shot on the iPhone. I don't know what which one. What kind what of version, iPhone they got? <laughs> but he, uh, the director, he shot it on a, uh, an iPhone and edited it from in a in a regular studio. But yeah, that was all shot on the iPhone. So oh how mobile God. was he able to capture those characters? Yeah, love that it. That is crazy. Okay, mm-hmm. last one. This musical was released in 1954 and was adapted from a novella that was released in 1845. This movie was groundbreaking because it was shot shortly after studios began to use Technicolor mm-hmm. as their main production mode. And I would also like to add that it was all black. It was yeah. black as hell. And I feel like I can see the movie. So I have a thing about movie posters. I can see the movie poster, and for some reason I can't see the um the title. Okay, I'm going to give you a hint. Although she did not win, um, the leading actress became the first black woman to be nominated for Academy Award for Best Actress. Yeah. Carmen Jones. Carmen Jones. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. That's not even what I was thinking of. But what were you thinking? <laughs> I'm, I'm, 
if I think of the film, I'll, I'll send it to you because I actually am making a collage for okay. the film series where I got this book of um, black film posters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was thinking of a different film that had Lena Horne. She wasn't the main character. Um, but this other actress that was, I didn't even know about. Like, I need to do my classic black history mm-hmm. um, research because um, she was apparently a big um, black actress in really? like the 50s and 60s. And she kind of came up behind, um, before Lena Horne did. So I can't think of the movie I'm thinking of. But yeah, so that one, how could I not? Dorothy Dandridge. Dorothy Dandridge. Beyonce. Who I her. loved. Uh, sh- um, <laughs> I just said sure. <laughs> well, she was she did the Carmen she hip tried, hop. Yeah. And Who else was in that? Most um, Dev, right? Or maybe Mackay no. Pfeiffer, yeah, Makai Pfeiffer. And uh, you know, I saw that one time and I was like, um, I was Beyonce, disappointed. You gotta work on. <laughs> you gotta work on your girl. Yeah. But um, Dorothy Dandridge actually the film uh, Halle Berry played her, mm-hmm. which that's a great yes. movie. Um, and so yeah. And I r- I remember watching a documentary on Dor- on Halle's. Um, portrayal as mm-hmm. Dorothy in that scene where she's getting out of the car like when she's going up to the awards mm-hmm. Hallie had to pay for that because they didn't have any funding for that so she paid for that herself that, because mm-hmm. it was such a pivotal yeah. how could you not have funding right. for that that's such a yeah. pivotal part of her story yeah. I again you know we'll make we'll make something work we'll work it out and that's again black women need to be creators <laughs> need yes. to be more, there need to be more um, black women creators because we need more we see to not have that in that film, and to have somebody who's a star who had mm-hmm. the the means and the funds that should have been done. That should have been a given. Exactly. It should have already. She shouldn't have had to come out of her pocket. But I yeah. think Dorothy Dandridge, her story gets lost. Yes, in a Marilyn Monroe era. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it sure you, if you read, if you know, yeah. Marilyn asked her for advice on how to get to how she was, right? how she was. So yeah. I mean, it's kind of the whole Elvis story. Elvis was kind of very vocal about like. All I'm doing is copying black mm-hmm. music. I, I, I nothing I do is <laughs> original. Um, I'm not say that, but that's I'm putting words in his mouth. But you know, he essentially attributed his right and his kind of his style and everything, his approach to music, and he was good about that. Now later in his career, he probably wasn't as vocal, but right. you know, we forget about the Josephine Bakers, and you know, um, I'm I'm even kind of ruminating on. Um, um, I am not your Negro, and and James Baldwin, and you know we forget about some really seminal and really historically important people who still have an impact on us, and mm-hmm. we know them, but maybe aren't more mainstream. And I hope that more people will seek those people out. And Dorothy Dandridge is one of them. That uh, I'm so glad you brought that that movie up because like that is one of those things that I need to circle back and mm-hmm. kind of and kind of revisit and assess. I feel like every young girl, woman, man, yeah. we all just need to watch those again. Yeah. Because black women have been magical. This is yeah. not something new. No. We've been magical for a long yes. time. Yes. A That's long time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So tell us more about your film series. Oh, okay. So um, it's called Scenes of a Black Woman, and we show a film monthly. We are doing First Fridays um, every month at Main Library in Uptown Charlotte, um, corner of 6th Street and Cheyenne, if you don't know. Um, but it is an after-hours event, too. So it's after the library closes down on Fridays after 5. We open the doors up at 5.30. Um, we usually start the film around 6, depending on how long the introduction is to it. Um, and if people are just getting settled, we do thank you <laughs> for 
even like I actually I just thought about Tangerine. One of the reasons why I think that that actually got disqualified is because it was a black, it was a white filmmaker. Um, mm. But I still might work it in there um, some way um, because there was a lot of improvis- improvisation in that film. And to me, that's filmmaking. And so they made that film work. So, but yeah, um, so Singular Black Woman, we started with Brooklyn, and that was a personal connection. That was one of the first movies I saw in a movie theater. Okay. And that was one of the first, oh, Alfred Woodard. Oh, I forgot. How? We could go on for days. Uh, It's about. (laughs) Talk about speaking in power. Alfred Woodard, I love her. And um, so we started with Brooklyn because it was a personal connection. Um, And then last month, uh, March, which, oh. I can't believe it's April, but March we had um, Ease Bayou, which um, that m- revisiting that movie has kind of transformed me recently because mm-hmm. that's another movie where you have all these layers of black women. You have the black ch- the black child, but then you have the black teenager with um, um, Megan Fox. Is that her name? Yeah. Megan um, Good. Megan Good. Yeah, it's not Fox. Ooh, yeah, that's, that's a, cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> See, that's the thing. Like, you know, sometimes in the forefront of your mind is, Main, more mainstream mm-hmm. actresses and stuff. Yeah, so and she's been around um, since she was like, because yeah. she was a girl in that movie. Yeah, her yeah. and um Journey. Yeah, cause, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, but then you know when Whitfield and then I just I love that movie Debbie. Um, my memory is so bad today, but though there were so many black women in that film, and you have a little bit of the black actual black magic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just thinking about. Um, because you have kind of the 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 I guess the culture of, of it, yeah. yeah of um, kind of the Creole South and um, that whole um, thing and then you we are going to be showing poetic justice for April um, so we wanted to switch it up but we also wanted to honor Maya Angelou is National Poetry Month mm-hmm. um, and that film features her poetry. Um, and then um, for May, we're going to do Dear White People, yes. which was a little bit of a stretch because um, they're kind of four main characters in that film, and two of them are black men. But we felt like the movie was being told from a black woman's perspective. So it's um, an awesome movie, yeah. too. Um, and I think it's, it's going to be great for conversation. Um, and then he also has a, um, a TV show, Justin, oh, gosh. Now I can't think of the last name of the, but Justin something. He's got a TV show mm-hmm. called Dear White People coming out on Netflix too. That's so I awesome. thought it would be good to pair that. And then for June, we're going to have Pariah to celebrate um, Pride Month and um, and queerness. Um, I have been thinking that we're going to do it through December. So look for us every first Friday at 6 or that 5. That is so amazing. Um, at Main Library. So we're going to be there through December. Um, but I'm thinking about set it off. Love yes. set it off. Yes. Um I didn't fences, even think about set it off. Right? Yes. Okay. And you know, because we're 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 doing black filmmakers portraying or um showcasing black women. So set it off. Um I'm thinking about fences as well. Um for color gir- for color girls is in there. I might miss that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't do the I understand. <laughs> I understand. Um and I need to see it. Um and then she gets AIDS. Uh, you know as much as we want and try to break stereotypes and tropes and these things that let put us in a box we just go back to it we're mm-hmm. um and, and and just because we're people of color doesn't mean we're 
we're immune. If anything, we're more affected by it than people who who aren't because we've been painted in those boxes, and so we go back to to that yeah. world. So, um, yeah. Um, but we're we're fighting with a lot of different things. I really there's a movie that came out probably about three or four years ago now called Beast of the Southern Wild. Yes, that had the black nanny in it before she was black nanny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so we're playing with a lot of different films that really kind of and the reason why we couldn't do any Pam Greer's black exploitation films and I said the reason, but I might break the rules, you know, um, is because all those films were made by white men. They were mm-hmm. all white fi- um, directors, but I'm tr- I'm trying to think deeper. I'm trying to think a little bit more dimension to this and um, actually think about what it means to be a filmmaker. So if there's like a black producer, if there's someone who, um, especially executive producer, who made the film possible, then um, I might do that. And then the, the, the one that might be the kind of finale, and I say finale, but we'll continue it past December as long as I um and because i think that it's very important to do this um especially at main library um but um gosh i'm trying to think of the filmmaker i have so many like references i have to give you (laughs) for all the things i've been forgetting but we do want to highlight a film that was kind of very um, made with a low budget and kind of is now getting the recognition and it came out in the early 90s um my gosh and i just read it right before i came in here but daughters of the daughters of the forest i can't think of it but there's a there's a black filmmaker and she this was kind of like the only film she directed and it was like early 90s mid 90s um and she got a lot of recognition for it and then kind of fell off the face of the earth like they she wasn't uh, her future um uh or just like her projects weren't being funded, and now she's kind of getting acclaimed, and she actually is. Um, Daughters of the Dust. Daughters, Daughters of the Dust of the is the dust. name of the film. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I actually, when I worked at another library, got a lot of requests for this film. And I used to work, actually work for a video store, too. I won't give them any um, recognition. but And that was a film that all my life, and I just, there I haven't been able to see it, but I think we're going to do a finale with that um, in December. Yeah. Um, and just to close out this chapter of single black women, we're still going to celebrate black filmmaking in general past December. Um, but that for now is pop- is our focus is black women. So um, that's how that I'm thinking about that one. That one's not set in stone, but set it off and fences are definitely going to be um, that in is there. so amazing. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there's two different goals is to highlight black women for sure but to also highlight black filmmaking and creators because i think that if any of us have a passion for arts or whatever it may be we don't all we should try and i don't think everyone can but we should not only try to consume but to also support and create ourselves um because if we want more authentic portrayals of people of color of women we have to be a part of making that happen as well. Um, so that, or at least that's my obviously. No, my that's opinion. so that's so true. Yeah, that's so, so true. Well, thank you, Angel. Thank you so much for joining me. Where can thank they you. find more information about the series, and where can they find you? And oh, connect okay. with you. <laughs> um, so I am. I I work at the main library in Uptown Charlotte. I'm actually in the reference department on the second floor. So that's where you can find me nine to five. Um, <laughs> Um, but I do try to um, tweet 
I'm getting much better about this. I do have a handle at Brary Nerds. Um, so B R A R B R A R Y N E R D S. So that's um, um, my Twitter. Um, and then, uh, so if you just go to cmlibrary.org mm-hmm. um, slash calendar and just search for Singular Black Woman, or I actually created a bit.ly so that as soon as other films are added to the film series, you'll be able to um, to be able to find it. But if you just use um, bit.ly slash blk um, girl magic, so black girl magic, you'll be able to pull up the film series that way as well and be able to follow along. There's no registration required, but we like it. We continue a reminder. Um, so, yeah, just check that out. And I would just encourage everyone to check out what all the libraries are doing um, in Charlotte-Mecklenburg because we are trying to insert diversity in programming um, and to just respond to the public. So if there's something you want to see in your library, if you want to see um, something, you know, th- it never hurts to ask, you know, and – I just had this idea of, like, what do I want to see more of in the world? Mm-hmm. Black women portrayed in film. And I was like, well, what can I do to support that? Well, let's actually celebrate mm-hmm. what's already been done, and then we can have conversations. And that's, a, oh, that's the other thing I didn't really highlight before, is that we do discuss the film after it's over. So we try to have a 15-minute to 30-minute conversation, depending on how long the film is, a discussion about the film, what was in there, um, what we felt portrayed black girl magic if you had any problems with the film and just filmmaking in general do you feel like the story was told well do you think the script was you know trash or (laughs) you know how'd you feel about the level of acting and I think that's one of the things about Eve Bayou that I really revisited with this um is that the acting by the kids was so well done Mm -hmm. like I I, and Crippled in the same way the kids are and I just don't think we see that today Mm -hmm. um or at least maybe in what I'm watching. So, you know, if you have any suggestions, definitely, you know, let me know or, you know, um, comment on this podcast. Yes, I will link all of Angel's information, <laughs> link to the series. All that yes. will be in the show notes of the podcast. I thank you, Angel, again for joining me. And I thank you all for tuning in. As always, you can find me on the social at Misfit underscore Sierra. That's C-E-A-R-R-A. And be sure to check out my blog for more information about Angel's series and other things that the podcast is doing. Thank you, Angel, for sipping on this sucha <laughs> <laughs> with us today. Yeah. Um, and thank you all for tuning in. Check us out next week. Peace.